everybody. Welcome back to the End of the Bench podcast. Today is going to be a football-filled episode because this weekend brought a lot of good things to the football world, and I think that they should be talked about. One of these things definitely include the playoff picture, which we're going to start with today. After that, we're going to go to some of the things that affected the playoff picture and games that occurred this weekend. And then after that, we're going to switch over to my predictions of the playoffs. So starting off in the playoff picture, wildcard weekend starts this week. Raiders versus Bengals is the first game that's going to be played for the AFC. Patriots-Bills is the second game that's going to be played in the AFC, which is a divisional matchup. They've already played two times this season. It's split 1-1, so it should be a really good game. The third, and I think very important game, is the Steelers versus Chiefs, which is going to be an arrowhead. I think that the Chiefs are going to win this game by a lot because the Steelers just don't have the firepower that they usually do, especially because Ben Roethlisberger is getting older, and they don't have a wide receiver core like they usually do, even with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool still there. Najee Harris has been a great addition. I just don't think that they're going to be able to keep up with the high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense. The one seed in the AFC was Tennessee. They ended up there, which by no surprise, because they've been playing really good lately. Now on the NFC side, first game is going to be the Cardinals versus Rams, which is also a divisional matchup. I think that the Cardinals have a good team, and I also think that the Rams have a good team. But the Rams would go a lot farther in the playoffs with Robert Woods. And I think that the Rams need to have a very good game to beat the Cardinals. Now, San Francisco 49ers versus the Cowboys is the next game coming up in that uh, brief period of wildcard games. And finally, the Eagles versus the Buccaneers. One seed was locked up by the Green Bay Packers. Now getting into the games that affected this, because the playoff picture is up there and it's solidified now. I'm going to jump to probably one of the most influential games that took place to change the landscape of how this was going to play out, the Colts game. They play the Jaguars, and this was for their playoff chances as well um, as the Chargers and Raiders. They ended up losing this game 26-11. to And you have to remember that they probably shouldn't have lost, but Carson Wentz had an untimely bad game. He went 17 for 29, 185 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. I think that that was one of the main reasons that they lost that game, and I think that they probably should have relied on the running game a little bit more. Speaking of running game, Jonathan Taylor, 15 carries, 77 yards. Michael Pittman Jr. in the receiving core definitely had a decent game with six receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Not enough, apparently, to overcome the the great Jaguars defense, which has been one of the worst defenses in the leagues all year. Now, bright spot, Trevor Lawrence, 223 yards, two touchdowns. This year, he has not had many games like that, and I think that the Jaguars head coaching staff, not as only of their general management, should be very happy with that because that's the quarterback that they drafted with the first overall pick. Marvin Jones Jr. also had an untimely good game for the Colts because he had seven receptions, 88 yards and touchdown for a veteran that was not expected to be a leading receiver on this team. I think that the Jaguars definitely need to get a little bit more depth in the receiving quarter in this year's draft and maybe a little bit of defensive players because I think they have the first pick overall this year 
because of their terrible record at 3-14. and 14. Now, I think that they can use this pick for either O-lineman, two of the top two defensive ends in the draft in Hutchinson's and the guy from Oregon. Both are good picks. The guy from Oregon has struggled with some injuries, so I think that Hutchinson's would be the safer pick. Now, their second round pick, they could probably draft a wide receiver to definitely help out Lawrence because they have Antonine coming back next year and James Robinson hopefully returning from his Achilles injury. But the Colts, on the other hand, definitely need to get something straight because they looked like a powerhouse earlier in the season, especially when they beat the Patriots and looked like they were going to have a good playoff spot. The Jacksonville Jaguars definitely showed their flaws in the Colts defense as well as their offense but I think that this game really shaped because it gave the Raiders Chargers game more meaning than it would have because if the Chargers Raiders game ended a tie then they would have both made the playoffs and kicked Pittsburgh out but moving on to that game that was not the case they did go into overtime and it was looking like hey this could end as a tie but my man Derek Carr let him back for the game-winning touchdown. Derek Carr this year has been decent. I wouldn't say he's a top 10 quarterback in the league. He's definitely not looked like one for most of the season. And they ended up winning 35-32. to 32. The only problem I have with this game and how it ended, I think that kicking the Chargers out of the playoffs and putting the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the playoffs at the state that they are in right now is going to be a big decrease in how many people watch the playoffs because I think the Chiefs-Chargers game or a game like that would have been a better game than Chiefs-Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh is not as high-powered of an offense as the Chargers, definitely. Especially with the Chargers having a quarterback like Justin Herbert and a running back like Eckler and wide receiving core with Mike Williams, Jared Cook, and Keenan Allen because their offense can do great things. Now... I want to talk a little bit about how um, Carlson all season has been a absolute clutch man and been getting great field goals in clutch time as winning Las Vegas several games on game tying or game winning field goals. And Herbert played a decent game up until the fourth quarter where he was phenomenal because they were down for a while in this game and were struggling to get their offense moving, and Derek Carr and the Raiders kind of showed some flaws, but all of a sudden they came back and just couldn't, they couldn't finish it off, though. And that's all I really want to say about that game because I feel like that game, as influential as it was and how the playoff picture would turn out after the Colts game, didn't have a lot of pizzazz until that fourth in overtime because that overtime was a, it was a great battle, and with 35 seconds left when Derek Carr came back and won the game for him, if they did decide to knee it or run the ball, it would have became a tie, and I think the playoffs would look a little bit better than they do now. Now, the next game that I think was very beneficial in the playoff race was the 49ers-Rams game. The Rams came out of this in a 17-0 lead, and then it turned around from there. San Francisco came back, made it 17-17, Rams made it 24-17, and then San Francisco won in overtime, 27-24. Elijah Mitchell had 21 carries for 85 yards. Ayuk had 107 yards on six receptions, while Jimmy Garoppolo, he did have a touchdown, 316 yards, but he threw two picks. Now, the two picks, 
don't really mean anything anymore because the 49ers made the playoffs and that's all that matters. Now, it'll be nice to see the decision that San Francisco's management makes in quarterback for the playoffs if they want to give Trey Lance the start or Jimmy Garoppolo. I personally think that it's going to be a pretty easy choice in Jimmy Garoppolo because he has more playoff experience sitting at backup against uh, or for the Patriots, sorry, in their several playoff occurrences and even for a Super Bowl. Now, on the other side of this, Matt Stafford, 21 of 32, 238 yards, three touchdowns, but two picks. His leading reception or leading receiver, of course, Cooper Cup, with seven receptions, 118 yards and a touchdown, and leading rusher in Sony Michelle with 21 carries and 43 yards because um, Henderson was out. This game let the Rams, if they had won, and the Packers had lost, the Packers would still have the one seed. But they wanted to try to keep their spot in the playoffs at the two seed, which could have been taken by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which it was after they beat Carolina. The 49ers ended up beating Rams, sending them down a spot and Tampa Bay up a spot, which is big in how close the race is in the wild card and your matchup that you get. Because instead of getting a team like the Eagles, now they have to play the Cardinals, who earlier in the season were the last undefeated team and have a lot of good weapons on their team. So I think that the Cardinals can give a fight to the Rams, and I think the Eagles cannot give much of a fight to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even with all the injuries that the Buccaneers have had to go through with their starting and backup running back out and two wide receivers gone now. Nextly, and very importantly, as though it seems not very important, the Jets lost to the Bills 27-10. I'm not going to get into statistics of this game, but this locked up the AFC East for the Bills and kept them in the top four of the playoff picture, not in the wild card. So they have home field advantage against the Patriots now. Even though the Patriots could have got the top spot if the Bills lost and they won, the Patriots lost to the, the Dolphins 33-24 to with a fourth quarter like half comeback until they couldn't finish it off. Now, another game that was not important, but a big win for a Michigan person. And I think you can already know what that is. Lions 37, Packers 30. It doesn't matter that they took Aaron Rodgers out at halftime. And it doesn't matter that their leading receiver was Alan Lazard. The Lions showed sparks. Sparks of greatness. Jared Goff, 21 of 30, 238 yards, two touchdowns. St. Brown, rookie, has been a very, very big underdog for any rookie of the week. He, I think he's gotten one or two of those awards, but he's been playing phenomenally for the last couple of games, especially the last couple of games. He had 109 receiving yards on eight receptions and receiving touchdown. His brother also played on the Packers and his parents were there, and it was, it was a cool moment for that. But I think the reason that this is mostly important is because Dan Campbell is kind of getting that Lions team rounded up a little bit and they very much struggled at the beginning of the season and at the end they showed sparks especially against the green bay team which they were leading at halftime when they took out their starters and a cardinals team who at the time had the best record in the nfl and i think that this is very important for next year because detroit has the number two pick and can make their offense or defense which the defense definitely does have holes in it a lot better than what it is now and maybe have a chance I'm, I'm going to, this is a long shot next year, but making a wild card spot and maybe getting in the playoffs, which would be big 
because they haven't made it there in a, a couple of years now. And they also have not won a Super Bowl ever. So maybe they can finally turn around their franchise. Now, the last game I'm going to get into before I go to my predictions for the playoff picture is the Steelers-Ravens. The Steelers won this game 16-13. to And at the time, they didn't know this, but this gets them into the playoff. Now, on the other hand, the thing that surprised me, their leading running back, not Najee Harris. Chase Claypool with three carries for 33 yards and Najee Harris had 11 carries for 28 yards, which was a very unproductive game, but have to give credit to the Ravens defensive line and rest of their defense for holding a explosive player like Najee Harris to those stats. Now, Frermuth was the leading receiver for the Pittsburgh offensive core. He has shown a lot of signs of a good skilled tight end. And I think that in a couple of years, we'll see that he's going to be a top tight end in the league. And I think that he and Kyle Pitts are going to be the bright stars at tight end in the next couple of years. On the other side, the Ravens, without pretty much any running backs or their quarterback, had Huntley with 16 of 31, 141 yards and two interceptions, which was definitely one of his bad games after he'd shown a couple sparks of being a good player. Latavius Murray, whose name you probably haven't heard in like three years, had 16 carries, 150 yards, and a touchdown, which is insane. And then Mark Andrews was their leading receiver with eight receptions, 85 yards. So I'm I'm kind of glad that Pittsburgh got in the playoff, but I think if Baltimore would have won this game, and they still wouldn't have made the playoff. So it, it doesn't really matter for them as much as it would have if... Lamar Jackson was back because I think Lamar Jackson could have made this team go somewhere and I think that would have been important for them to get a wild card spot and maybe be and maybe cause a ruffle in how the playoff picture was aligned now switching over to my playoff predictions I'm going to start off with the Raiders Bengals I think this game is going to be a close game but in the end the high-powered offense of the cincinnati Bengals is definitely going to take over and i think that the raiders defense isn't going to know what hit them i know that Derek carr darren waller and josh jacobs on the offensive side of the raiders are a good core but i don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Bengals. so i'm definitely going to predict that the Bengals win that patriots buffalo i think that mac jones is still a young unexperienced quarterback and he doesn't have many weapons on the offensive side. Jacoby Myers is definitely a great player. And if Nelson Aguilar comes back, which is kind of iffy right now, maybe, maybe they can come out. But right now, I think the clear favorites, Buffalo, especially with how they looked in their last performance against the Patriots with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen performing very well, as well as Dawson Knox, who I think a lot of people look over because he's a great tight end and he's been a very... He's been very good in the red zone for Buffalo this year. And even maybe Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, who aren't the greatest running backs, but definitely provide a little boost in their offensive scheme. Nextly, Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think you already know what I know about this one. The Chiefs are going to win this game, and I don't think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be at least a 10 to 15 point deficit that the Steelers lose by. Now, switching over to the NFC. I think the Cardinals Rams. I think the Rams are going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be as lopsided as many people think. I think that the Cardinals are going to put up a good fight. And I think they definitely, this is probably going to be the closest 
of the games that happened in the wild card this week, I think that the Cardinals can definitely win this game if a couple plays turn their way. The Rams, on the other hand, high-powered offense is just going to depend on if Stafford has a three-touchdown zero interception game or a three-touchdown two interception game because that can be the difference. Now, San Francisco 49ers versus the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are definitely going to win this game in a fashion that's going to be like Bengals versus Raiders because the Cowboys are just a more high-powered team. Switching over to Bucks versus Philadelphia. Bucks will win this game. I think it's also going to be closer than most people think. I think it will be within 10 points because Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback and his offense has looked a lot better this year. But the Buccaneers are just going to be a little bit better than this Philadelphia team because the Buccaneers still have Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski even after losing Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown and Fournette and Ronald Jones Jr. I still think that the Buccaneers can win this game and get on to the second round. Now, a surprise ending here that I did not tell you about, national championship. I want to talk about it just for a second because I think Georgia deserves a lot of credit for what they did. Georgia's game plan that they had coming into this time playing Alabama was so much better than the first time they played Alabama. The first time they played Alabama, Alabama won 41 to 24. 41 is a big number for a good D1 football program to give up. This game, the number one seeded Alabama and definitely favorites for the national championship scored 18 points while Georgia scored 33. I think Georgia's defense definitely came to play this game holding Bryce Young to one of his least productive games of the year, which included two interceptions, 35 of 57, 369 yards, and a touchdown. QBR of 82.3. When you throw 57 passes, of course you're going to have a big yardage, but the two interceptions are what changed the game for him, and his completion percentage was not very high. Robinson Jr. this game did not have as much of an impact as he did in the semifinal against um, Cincinnati. He only had 68 yards on 22 carries, and his long was 16 yards. The wide receiving core of Alabama definitely got hurt with the injury of Williams, and that probably hurt Alabama a lot more than what they were expecting at the time. But this game went into the fourth quarter with no touchdowns scored yet. Georgia scored the first touchdown, but... It was a low-scoring game before it. And I think you have to give a lot of credit to Stenson Bennett because he had two touchdowns, 17-26 and 26 on 224 yards. And I think that Georgia relied a lot on their running game too with 13 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown. And the leading receiver only had one catch for 52 yards. But Stenson Bennett came from... A overlooked guy that wasn't recruited by many schools walked on to Georgia and in his senior year led them to a national championship where they have not gotten in 41 years. And I think that's huge for a guy like that because he probably won't be a first round quarterback draftee. He'll be maybe third round and he probably won't get much playing time. He'll be a backup for most of his career. And I think that this is going to be that moment that he is looked at for is this national championship. And that's how I want to end this podcast today. Thank you for listening to episode four of the end of the bench. I will see you next time, Sunday morning. Tune into episode five.